today on Laura Lynn and Friends. What the former reformers, social conservative Christian right, is doing or not doing inside of the Conservative Party, not steering it in a direction that can actually lay a pathway to, to rescue the decline of this nation. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. We are gonna talk about something so exciting today. And that is one of my favorite topics in the last three years because it is upside down and crazy and that is politics in Canada. And uh, a lot of us are wondering what is going on and how have we lost our way so badly. Uh, this judgment literally having Justin Trudeau um, on our on our you know steps and uh, making all these decisions, we've become somewhat of a laughing stock across across the world. Um, and so there's been a lot of questions. I personally have no longer been able to align with any of the political parties that are in power. And it's been a huge question for my soul about what is going on in this nation. Now, I want to tell you something before we get to our incredible guest, Grant S. Abraham. Uh, I was in the Word this morning, and I was reading from Isaiah 30. And my Bible had just kind of, you know, gone there. I kind of, some, some days I have a, an orchestrated reading, and sometimes I just see what God puts in front of me. And I thought it was just amazing, like the entire passage in Isaiah 30. It seemed to be a mirror of Canada and how we have fallen, how we have trusted in Egypt. And so when I sat down here, if you watch the show regularly, you know that I read from my beloved father's Bible, where he has a treasure trove every single day for me to have a look at. So I kind of put my thumb in and lo and behold, it opens to Isaiah 30. Now, um, I'll briefly read this. So Isaiah 30 begins like this. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, and that take counsel, but not of me. And that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk down to go into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Woe to the children, God is saying, that are trusting in Egypt, in trusting in Pharaoh, trusting in the political landscape and not asking of me. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. I, I loved this this morning. Now, my dad had underlined in Isaiah 30 this scripture in 21 and thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying this is the way walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand when you turn to the left god is saying this is the way walk in this way now chapter 31 says uh woe to them that go down to egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. All of that to say that our hope and our trust cannot be in chariots. It cannot be in horses. It cannot be in power of the most, um, the, the most well-known or those who have the most money. Our hope is in the name of the Lord. So how does that relate to politics in Canada? Well, there's some very interesting developments that have happened. We have seen our political landscape expand. Um, one of the incredible people that has come to the forefront, uh, who actually ran for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, his name is Grant S. Abraham. And he has a desire uh, to, to lead in Canada and he came up against our Conservative Party and had quite a situation happen. We're going to talk to him about that today. But more than that, how that has moved him forward and really he's put it all in a book, uh, which is called The Battle for the Soul of Canada, I believe. And we've got a picture of it there. And so, um, Grant, The Battle for the Soul of Canada... Firing the Forge. Uh, Grant, we just welcome you to the show. We've had you on before, and I just want to say that I've uh, come to understand some of the way 
that, that you think personally, and I've seen your speeches and in, in what you have presented here on the shows, I just value very deeply. I've been going through your book. Um, I've gotten my hands on a copy of it, and I'm very excited to talk to you about it. And I thank you for spending time with us today. Um, if you want to start with sort of where the idea and the passion to write a book about the battle for Canada's soul came to you, that that might be the right place. Well, thank you, Laura Lynn. It's a pleasure to be with you again, and I appreciate your truth-telling for this nation. I think we're kindred spirits on that front, and uh, so I'm grateful to be here. You know, this journey did start uh, with an exposure into the Conservative Party, and, um, and getting the opportunity to travel around Western Canada in particular in 2022 in that campaign, um, I am a person that uh, was totally an unknown in 2022 running for that. It's one of those people that also ran in that race. Uh, and it was an interesting journey because the more that I spoke truth about what was actually going on in Canada with engaging the discussion about what a post-nation state means or what a reset means or what uh, are the influences that are happening in Canada through the WEF or the UN or the IMF, etc. Um, the more I saw that people were resonating with the truth and starting to ask the question, why aren't we having these, these conversations in the public domain? Why aren't we hearing about this in the news? We are shocked to hear about, you know, the conversion th uh, therapy bill C4. We're shocked at what a post-nation state actually means. And, um, of course, if, you're, if you come in to run for the leadership of a party and you're not a politician, no one knows you, you have no infrastructure. And um, I was amazed at how quickly the grassroots connected to those questions and to the authenticity of the campaign and the discussion. And so we were actually able to meet the nomination requirements in terms of the signatures, which were hundreds of signatures from all across Canada, over 30 electoral district associations, 10 provinces and territories, and then also raise in excess of $300,000. Um, and I'm not here really to, that, to have a big conversation about what happened, but um, the goalposts, let's say, got moved quite a bit. They got moved with how much money was raised when I found the missing $60,000. Then it, all of a sudden, what had been verified with my signatures were suddenly short. Uh, and we can leave it there, and I think anybody who's listening can read between the lines. But this isn't a wine festival about that. I think it was a, a discussion for me. It was an understanding for me that the Conservative Party had had an opportunity for reform and an engagement with an opportunity to actually talk truth, and they blocked it. It was a crooked system. And so um, that then made me realize that in addition to what is going on with the Conservative Party, we have our nation in peril because it's actually being deconstructed. The values that built this nation are, are being chipped away at, and it's, it's across five or 10 or 15 different construction sites where or deconstruction sites if you will where the country is being taken apart and so this isn't this was a case for me of not just going home and saying okay well that was an interesting experience and now i can you know tell tell some cool story about that someday it, it's more a case of what do we need to do to actually intervene and stop what is going on in the country and one of the biggest challenges for me and I think for many of your view viewers is to recognize that 53.3% of Canadians still adhere to Christian faith, some kind of understanding of a Christian perspective in relation to their spiritualities. It's nearly 70% uh, of any spirituality, any spiritual perspective in Canada, but there's 53.3% that, that have that view in Canada of a Christian perspective, and they're embedded in the Conservative Party Yet the Conservative Party is steering the country left only slightly slower than the Liberals. So this book is a book that was written out of that um, frustration at what's happening to our amazing country, but it's also written to wake up the social conservative Christian right in relation to what is going on inside the Conservative Party to actually take the country left and continue the deconstruction process. So if you, if you have a spiritual perspective in terms of 
understanding that light is what dispels darkness and that that light is from the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in relation to dealing with darkness, you have a challenge if you're living with inside the conservative party. And I love this. I love that passage you read, you read to trust in the shadow of Egypt. And yet when I talk to so many people within the social conservative Christian right, it's like they're waiting for some kind of redemptive agenda to come out of the conservative party because uh, anything's better than, than, than uh, Justin Trudeau and what the liberals are doing. No, look at the evidence. Look what's happening with foreign interference. Look what's happening with C4. Look what's happening with a conservative convention where a whole bunch of people show up from all over Canada, spend the whole weekend talking about policy, and then Mr. Polyev says, well, I don't. there's no guarantee that I'm going to use any of this policy in my next election campaign. What is the point of that? So we now need to engage actually the values that built this nation because when I meet new Canadians, they are saying to me, what is going on in, in the country? Why are you allowing this to happen to our nation? We didn't come here for this lunacy. And so this is a call out. In fact, the Muslim community is calling out to the Christian community and saying, why, will you march with us to stand against the, the sexualization of our children, the normalization of pedophilia? And yet we have 53.3% of the of Canadians that are Christians embedded in the Conservative Party and we're letting the country go like this. And my point, I guess my point in the book is, is if the Liberal Party can screw this country up so badly with a minority government, what could the social conservative Christian right do if they actually had a new expression for conservatism that was fiscally conservative but actually stood up for the values and principles that built this nation. So this is time for a right, righteous rebellion in terms of the country, and we need to dislodge from this ridiculous narrative of accepting that um, that that Pharaoh, trusting in the shadow of, of Egypt, is actually going to steer this country back on track. I mean, I'm sure there were people, I'm sure there were Israelites that were 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 probably riding behind Pharaoh as he rode into the Red Sea too. So. This is a big discussion now for the church in Canada. Where are we? We've had two generations now where we've traded on the legacy of our parents and our grandparents, and that benefit, that blessing has run out. We're seeing the advance of evil in the country. This is a spiritual war. One of the incredible points uh, that you made in your book was that we have a leader that is saying all kinds of crazy stuff like post-national state, um, and, and he says things uh, that should have the, the royal opposition in an uproar, and they say nothing. And that happens over and over and over again. Instead of being upset that the pride flag is flying above our parliament as a royal opposition, where, you know, I just said to a Muslim, well, where's the Muslim flag? Where's the Christian flag? Where's the you know, uh, all kinds of small interest groups that we could have a flag flying, but we've got this flag, and then we've got Pierre Polyev instead congratulating everyone on Pride Month or Pride Year or whatever we're going through, instead of being the opposition. But you also bring up that, that Trudeau has said some very disturbing things that lead us to believe that he is taking our country into a, um, you know, a free fall into destruction, and... And where is Pierre Polyev bringing up those things and talking back to that stuff? Yeah, well, exactly. So, I mean, uh, Justin Trudeau is at least forecasting what he's doing. We've been sleeping and haven't been asking those questions. When I went on May 11th in 2022 to the conservative leadership debate in Edmonton, there were no questions like these things asked in that debate. And everything was curated just to keep everybody sleeping. The, the challenge is, is really not the Liberals, because everyone can see what they're doing. The challenge is the omission of the Conservative Party of Canada, and then on a deeper level, what the former reformers, social conservative Christian right, is doing or not doing inside of the Conservative Party, not steering it in a direction that can actually lay a pathway to, to rescue the decline of this nation. And so the, this book is uh, really a warning, an alarm bell 
for those people to take a look and look at the evidence and wake up and see that our problem is one party acting in a way that it is, the Liberals and the NDP, if you will, as a combo, and then the Conservatives that are, are, are simply omitting to act. Uh, that's the challenge. Um, you, you bring up the long history of the Conservatives not acting, even under Stephen Harper, with a majority government. We could have done something about abortion. We remain a country amongst like two or three countries in the whole world with no law governing abortion. And you bring up the fact that he didn't do that. And we're all aware of that now. We've talked about it many times on our show. But what was interesting is now that we do have a leader in Pierre Polyev, and he had, he had a quote um, regarding um, his perspective on uh, our Prime Minister Stephen Harper. This, this very interesting in 2006 that Pierre Polyev said that. And I don't know if you have that quote in front of you, but I have it. Would you like me to read it? Yeah, yeah read that. And maybe just in the context of that quote, recognize that in 2003, <clears throat> Stephen Harper recognized what was coming towards Canada. I think that quote is on page 41, the one that I'm talking about right now. And he, he basically said that Canada is moving towards a dark moral nihilism that is eroding and even wholesale hatred for the values that built Western democracy. And I go on to say that he, it was interesting to me that he used philosophical terms to describe this moral vacuum, which is what we are seeing displayed now in front of our country and the, and the, the advance of the pornographic materials into our schools, for example. The interesting thing about Stephen Harper in 2003, I think, was that he didn't have the moral courage to simply call that evil. Because if we'd actually called it evil, we could have contended for it and stood against it as light. And ultimately, Christians in this nation, nation are children of light and have a light to steward. And they know that they have an obligation and a requirement to steward this light, and yet they're not. So this conversation is interesting because the social conservative Christian right is what came out of reform to make the existing Conservative Party of Canada. And yet, there's a learned behavior that's shaping inside the Conservative Party that is using the social conservative Christian right to get into power or to try and to get into power, and then completely ignoring all of the values that the social conservative Christian right is wishing to, to see, and that's Catholics and Protestants within the social the social conservative Christian right. And I think this is where you're going with your quote, because this quote that you're going to read is from a young MP in 2006. And the, the disdain for the social conservative Christian right in this quote that you're about to read, Laura Lynn, is actually really disgusting and should actually turn everyone's stomach that has any value system that is based on a Judeo-Christian value system within the Conservative Party, it should make you nauseous because it is the prevailing attitude within the Conservative Party about the former reformers and the social conservative Christian right within the Conservative Party of Canada now. Okay, well, let me, let me read this to you. I was very shocked at... So this is uh, a young member of Parliament. His name was Pierre Polyev in 2006. And Grant Abraham quotes uh, him in the book as having said this. So Polyev says, uh, regarding, regarding former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, this is the interesting story of Stephen Harper. Everyone thinks he seduced the center. It's actually the way he tamed the right. He's now taken the most left-wing position of any conservative party in the world on gay marriage, Harper has ruled out any abortion legislation, and he was a pro-lifer, so he said. He has basically moved the party onto an agenda that is centrist and acceptable to mainstream people, and he's done it almost without a peep from the right and from the people who founded the Reform Party, who had made the bombastic and even embarrassing remarks that had come to typify the reform era. All of those people have gone along with this swift centrist move, 
while making almost no sounds at all. Pierre Polyev. Uh, my, my, my thoughts on it, um, Grant, I don't know what yours are. I, I definitely want to hear, but on bombastic and embarrassing remark, remarks that had come from the reform era, which was a, uh, you know, which was a movement really largely by those with deep held religious convictions and values. I think the significant thing about that quote is, well, first of all, I didn't say that. That was a quote from Paul Wells, who's a, a journalist that captured that quote in 2006 from, from Pierre Polyev. But I think that, that bombastic, embarrassing, those bombastic, embarrassing people of the reform era are the same bombastic, embarrassing people that that hold the identity of the creator God and recognize that they are children and understand themselves to be created in God's image and that they value life because they see that life comes from God and, and they understand in our nation that our rights, our inalienable rights also come from God. So that those bombastic, embarrassing people are, are populating the ranks of the conservative party and that that's kind of the attitude that we're seeing from Mr. Polyev in relation to these people that actually hold uh, spiritual values and understand uh, what their relationship is to the creator God. And, you know, those, those kinds of comments are also seen in evidence in the comments that Mr. Polyev made about Christine Anderson, who was simply visiting the country and visiting, I think, Leslie Lewis and two other MPs. And I believe he called her nasty, vile, and another adjective, which I can't remember. And, and so um, those are people that are meeting that are actually identify as Christians. And yet we have the leadership leader of the party that, that hosts and contains many, many, many of the uh, Christians within Canada uh, identifying Christians in that way. So this is a challenge. And I think, uh, I think when you think about uh, Canada in relation to the conversion therapy issue or abortion or anything else, you, we now have a political agenda contained within the Conservative Party that is completely uh, using a calculus for power that denies any interest in any of those issues. And so your vote's being used and the deaths are continuing. There's no law in Canada for abortion. There's no discussion about it. He's very adamant that he will not advance any policy that even curtails ab abortion or even, or even in relation to money being sent overseas to advance that policy in other countries that that may not have abortion as a nat natural form of uh, birth control. So um, these are big challenges for people that actually hold va the value of life and the sanctity of life as a as a as a spiritual perspective. To me, what I wonder is have haven't we actually lost ground with the Conservative Party? You know, at one time, the leader of the Conservative Party felt he needed to placate the Christian right by saying, "I'm pro-life." Um, so we vote for him. Now, he might not ever do anything, but he would claim to be pro-life, and he would sort of give us a nod and talk the talk in order to entice us. So what we have now is we have a conservative party saying, yeah, Bill C-4 is in, you're criminalized if you're trying to desist children or others from uh, transitioning. If you want to tell them that's bad, we're potentially going to take your designation $200,000 fine and imprisonment, um, and, oh, abortion, yeah, uh, our conservative government will do nothing for that. So then you have these people that are in there that have true deep-held values, they say, and they are, they are still trying to get MPs elected into this party who can't do anything for our values. Right. And they're not... They're not willing to kind of look away. It's like um, it's like an abusive relationship in a way. It is. It's completely an abusive a, a relationship. And then there's some gaslighting that goes on whenever, like, for example, at the uh, acceptance speech for the leadership of the Conservative Party, there was lots of God bless yous and God bless Canada and God bless the King of Canada. And, um, and you know, there, there are people, I know that there are Christians that are MPs within the Conservative Party but it feels like they're kind of kept in gilded cages just to placate the social conservatives within the party with the hope that there might be some change. Uh, and we haven't seen any change in this, in these kinds of policies for 20 years. 
And then the next discussion is, well, if we, if we, if we have a discussion about uh, a new expression or a new political expression in this party, we'll split the vote and then uh, Justin Trudeau will get back in. And I think we've got to look and ask ourselves and say, realistically, we've had three elections where the vote hasn't been split and the Conservatives have lost. And um, do you really think that if you get rid of Justin Trudeau, the bigger agenda, the bigger plan that's playing out in the country is also going to disappear? Um, we're not seeing the Conservative Party as a party or uh, with from the leadership platform of the Conservative Party speaking out against this post-nation state uh, issue that is, is shaping and changing our country. Like, for example, the, the participation in all of the UNDRIP or the UN agenda or WEF or uh, the World Health Organization. So this is, uh, this, is what I'm, this is what I say. The Liberals are going left, the Conservatives are going left just slightly slower and they're bringing everyone along because Canadians and particular Christians in Canada are, are stuck in the rut of our comfort, comfort and the rut of history of just voting Conservative because they always do that and it's not liberal and what else are we going to do? And so I think that um, Canada needs to have its political landscape shaken up. We need to start having these conversations and uh, these values do matter and they do matter to uh, millions of Canadians actually. And so this is why this conversation is so important. And uh, this has implications even for the Christian church and what, how they're engaging the political context, understanding that they have a mandate to disciple nations, not just be evangelicals. Well, you have uh, quite a chapter on where the church has been during what you call this hell that, that we've all been going through. Where has the church been? And it is shocking to me. I'll tell you just a couple of thoughts I'd like to you know put before you, but... Um, uh, there's either the church that is, well, they're willing to cast their vote in a different way, but they won't really say it publicly because you don't want to be attacked by all the conservatives who will be mad that you didn't vote for their party. Or um, we've got the people that are perfectly, seem to be perfectly fine with voting for a conservative party that, that absolutely doesn't uh, uh, recognize or respect their deep-held um, traditions and religious beliefs, but that's fine, apparently, because, you know, we, we, have to, we have to get Trudeau out, like you've already said, but then they justify it, I, a lot of them justify it with, well, God's called me to be on the inside, to change it from the inside, and this thing is so rotten to the core that, like, God has called all of us to stand up for righteousness and and you know to walk a to walk a, a line that supports and upholds what we truly believe. So it's been really rough to see that the church is not willing actually to stand. Um, we haven't seen it necessarily, or maybe they haven't felt that they had an option. Well, you know, many of those people that are used as examples for like that, that are on the inside and God has placed them there to bring reform, were there because they were slaves, not because they were free citizens in Canada. And um, yes, they were placed as slaves, but I, I don't know of any slaves that are placed inside the Conservative Party. We have, we still have the freedom to choose and we still have the freedom to speak our mind about what is the truth. And one of the challenges that we have in this nation is that we have bought in to the cultural lie of dividing the secular and the sacred. Um, why aren't we talking about spiritual values in relation to this country? Because uh, it seems to me that this agenda to sexualize our children is, uh, is a very dark spiritual agenda. And so we never have the conversations that we should be having or haven't had the conversations that we should have been having because we've been being polite Canadians where uh, we keep our faith to ourselves and, and we understand we live in a secular society, but we're letting this secular agenda now disciple what our nation is. And so, uh, as I understand it, if I understand my theology, the church is designed to be something that shapes the public square. That is what ecclesia or ecclesia means. And so uh, we've, we've, we've kind of retreated into the plushness of our churches 
and been quite happy to keep CRA happy with all our annual reporting, but we actually haven't confronted the truth in relation to our mandate to be light and salt and dispel darkness and to not tolerate, if you read Revelation 2, it talks about uh, the thing in chapter 2, it talks about what it was that God was actually annoyed with with regard to the church at Thyatira, and that was that they tolerated Jezebel. And that's an interesting passage because tolerate means to not contend against. And so this whole notion of kind of going to get going along to get along is taking down the legacy of this nation and and and, and stealing it from Canada and the promises that Canada has for Canadians, our promise of freedom, freedom of religion. And so I, you know, this is and so this is what the book is about. It's a discussion getting real about these issues. Well, I appreciated something that you wrote. Um, and, you know, the root problem, you wrote this, the root problem for both the CPC and Mr. Polyev is that they appear to believe that the protection of the lives and livelihoods of Canadians starts and stops with the nation's fiscal and monetary policy. This lack of perception and moral shallowness seems to be a kind of blindness that only permits financial policy to be engaged because it is uh, composed of facts. Um, on the following page, uh, you write here, if we want this horrible slide to the left of the political and value spectrum stopped, the people who can see what is happening and are passionate about their values need to stand up, unite, and vote accordingly so as not to enable this blindness to unwittingly facilitate the destruction of our nation and i think you're exactly right this this is about more than financial um you know uh you know e economic um statues that they'd like to implement and we certainly want help to get out of the economic destruction that has been brought to us by trudeau but in actual fact uh that's not the only thing that matters um if if Polyev gets in and fixes our economy and 400,000 plus babies die and lots of kids are transitioned and lots of smut is, remains in our schools because they won't do anything about it, what have we gained? We are still Babylon. Right. Well, it's a value issue. And if you actually stop and think about what the narrative is coming out of the Conservative Party of Canada, they are saying, we will put more money in your pocket. And when you have more money, you will be free. More money means more freedom. But we know that that is a very shallow rendition of what freedom is about. Freedom is about responsibility to ensure that we have security in the nation, that our borders are secure and that our youth are cared for and educated and trained and not corrupted, that our elderly uh, are cared for with dignity and not dying behind glass. Where is that? this discussion about these things from the Conservative Party? So this is... This is a, a very shallow narrative that's coming out. It's not, it does not reflect the value system that we're seeing lost in the country and that built the country. And so there's a much deeper angst that Canadians have. And this is the converse, these are the conversations that we need to have. And actually, when you actually shine a light on, on how shallow that narrative is, it's kind of disgusting that we're buying into it or Canadians are buying into it because they they actually have a, a duty if they think about it to perpetuate and advance this great nation and what we're doing is we're seeing its death and decline and do so you think, do you think that there's a chance we're actually aiding it uh grant because we're we just instead of going listen we're done we're pulling out we're now voting for another party because we cannot tolerate that you are ignoring us that you are not uh, respecting our values that you do not seem to think it's important what we think and you need us so badly but we right. are just so complicit that you're that they're doing nothing so it's like they know they can do this and instead it, of teaching them a lesson and saying we're done we are leaving your party and your rotten core can just melt to the ground we don't do that so what happens and i don't mean by we me and you i mean we by you know, a, a whole lot of people. So we're yeah. just perpetuating it. It's an abusive relationship. 
that's being gaslit and people don't realize that they're being abused and, and used and used for their votes and so um this is why the discussion needs to expand in canada we need to have these conversations it's not going to be driven from within the conservative party that there's no reformers within that party that have the voice to bring these discussions out because there's a calculus for power that is seeking to create a majority government which is great if the only thing you perceive is the threat that is being brought by the liberal government but the fact is that that all of these things foreign interference or or uh, or corruption or the wef or any of these things that are in, are that we're troubled with and that are gnawing at the soul of Canadians, the Conservative Party is not actually contending for or against the Liberal Party. So um, it seems to me in Canada right now that you can be Conservative in name only within the Conservative Party of Canada, and you can be Christian in name only too, as well within the Conservative Party of Canada. And that's an indictment, and someday we may well have to answer for that in terms of the stewardship of this great nation. And for me, I'm not prepared to see Canada forfeit when we are to have these conversations and Canadians need to wake up. 100%. Um, you were concerned uh, so incredibly about another issue with respect to um, our, our Canada that you wrote Mr. Polyev a letter. And um, if you can go to my full screen right now, and then we'll ask him to move in a minute. So you have to take out all of this part. You actually composed a letter to the Right Honorable Pierre Polyev uh, regarding what you were seeing um, and information that had come to you, you know, about our liberties and, and that there is really, um, there's an agenda going on to destroy our country, to take our land. Uh, and you wrote him because of things that you had found out from a private citizen who shared some things with you. And then Mr. Polyev did did write you back, but um, it does seem that these very important issues still remain um, that they're not being dealt with. So that letter relates really to a group of 52 civil servants that were put together by the Liberal government. Uh, civil servants from municipalities, provincial government, um, and even the federal government. And they're basically working on uh, several headings, waterways, the definition of prosperity, uh, wealth, uh, property, and they're redefining the value framework that uh, defines what really defines Canada. And so that is why I use the term deconstruction. Um, Appendix A in the book is a, is a reflection paper that I've written on that issue. And, um, it, it outlines some of the unbelievable logic that these people are using to deconstruct uh, the legal infrastructure that we understand to sustain our country. And so when you actually look at it and read it, it's shocking. I, I mean, I, I did that as just a citizen in um, late 2020, I actually um, had um, some contact by individuals in the government about it who were shocked because they knew that this the thought that I articulate in that document was being thought and discussed but they had no idea that there was a coordinated effort to actually come together have 52 people meet every month and work actively on the intellectual philosophical framework uh, that needs to change and basically what what I'm saying is that they're working on the logic to undermine the very framework that our nation has been built upon in terms of our understanding of property, our understanding of the common law, and the, and justice and ownership and wealth, and they're redefining it to bring it into an alignment with agenda UN Agenda 2030, and it it's they're not even apologizing about it. So when we see these things that are appearing in our narrative, you know, no one traveler digital identity, um, uh, 15 minute cities, the, you know, the, this new level of city that name, whose name just evades me at the moment, they've just been identified where some of these cities won't have any meat consumed in them at all. 
it is a part of an agenda to strip away, well, first of all, our, our, our rights as individuals, but also our ability to own and possess the land that we live on and brings, bring us a life that is sustained from the land. And so this is moving us towards bondage, actually. And until we begin to look at, at how insidious these things are that are happening, um, we won't really understand the true war that's going on in, in the country. And again, the biggest challenge is that the Conservative Party is not saying anything about this. It's letting this roll. And so our country's drifting towards a cliff edge. These conversations need to happen and we need to wake up. So. Um, that's what that's about. It's Appendix A. I talk about it in the book. It's basically a shadow committee that's doing the work for the Liberal government, but outside of the scrutiny of Parliament. And it's shocking. Um, so there needs to be some more discussion about it. And I think at the time when I was engaged, that document actually found, it, found itself into the hands of the RCMP. And I ended up uh, having some interviews with them about it and what my thoughts were and where I got them from. And uh, their, their observation um, was, was unofficially was that it, basically they had bigger, bigger fish to fry than that issue was going on. And of course, we, we, we saw the exposure of the foreign interference, and I'm assuming that it's that or, or that and other things. So, um, you know, even that issue of the foreign interference in our country as an example, that came out on a YouTube by uh, Minister McGinty, who is a Liberal uh, minister, who was reporting to Canadians on, on the foreign interference that was happening in Canada that was undermining our, our uh, political and governmental systems. And yet, what did anybody say about it from within the Conservative Party of Canada? Nothing. Nothing. And that's the most obvious thing that a Conservative Party leader, uh, aspiring leader, whatever, um, would want it's like a trophy gift to bring the to to bring the turnover of of government to the conservatives and they said nothing um, so you know you have to ask why there's this reticence or silence and at some point it becomes a prima facie case for complicitness wow and that's all that's a very awkward conversation that's what the book's about yeah so if you love Canada you love the freedom you love the fact that we value family, that we value freedom of religion, that we value the the our understanding of the primacy of parental authority, that we want to protect our innocence, that we want to protect our wealth and pass it to our kids and grandchildren, that we want to be able to earn and and build prosperity like so many millions of Canadians, my family that came to Canada to do, and that we want to be secure in our nation, then you have to look at this evidence and not just sleepwalk over the edge of the cliff that's being set for us. That's right. what the book's about. Yeah, and, and it's an, an amazing book, and I just agreed with everything that you were putting forward because for the people that I'm having conversations with where we're feeling this, uh, you have encapsulated uh, the, the battle that we are truly in. Um, our, our children need to be removed from schools right now because we cannot trust that our educators, and certainly not our government, who is not going to enforce the Criminal Code of Canada, which states that you cannot show pornography to children. So when our books in school are filled with, um, you know, naked people having sex and all kinds of body parts just shoved into our little kids' faces, all drawn out and disgusting, like in the most perverted manner, I really cannot emphasize this enough. Um, we're not safe because our, our political people in charge will not say a word. And Pierre Polyev has not shown strength, not so far, in, in this regard for the protection of our values concerning gender, concerning um, the, the right to life. So we're, we're actually, we're going to probably see a prime minister come into to you know leadership the christians are all voting for him mostly because they just they might like other parties but they don't they don't think that anyone else can get in so they're not voting for them 
Now, you have a further step in this, and you can respond to that if you'd like, but you want to take it a step further in your own life, and you have taken actions to, to do something that we're about to hear about in Canada. Well, that, that's true. The book doesn't speak to it at all because I think the book is written for Canadians to give them a reflection point and a narrative to consider what is going on in the country. And so the book really is about speaking truth and, and helping people move to a place to understand what we need to do in this country to begin to create an off-ramp and fix it. Um, I have, with many other people in Western Canada, began the process of setting up a new federal party. Um, it is in the final stages of that happening. Um, I expect if all goes well and there's no technical or administrative issues or political issues that arise in that process, we should have that in place uh, in November of this year. And it's gonna be essentially a center-right party that's fiscally conservative, but a party that starts to have these conversations but rooted in the civic moral order that built this country and um, and when I say that I mean the judeo-christian civic moral order where we actually talk about these things in terms of right and wrong good and evil and recognize um, that 70% of Canadians understand that there is a transcendental spiritual reality and there is good and evil and we're going to have these conversations and we're not going to be punted out of the discussion simply because um, they don't want to hear about a faith perspective when 70% of Canadians actually hold the faith. Uh, and I'm, act, I'm prepared to contend for this nation and see the innocence of our children protected as well. And I know that there's a, this is a resonating theme for so many of the other faiths in, in the country. It's not just about some Christian or Catholic and Protestant perspective. Canadians are interested in freedom of religion, the freedom of the press. They're interested in the primacy of parental authority, and they are definitely interested in seeing their kids protected. They don't want to see their kids sexualized, and they sure don't want to see pedophilia normalized. And I think that's going to be a red line that if it comes to anybody's door, they'll fight for that issue. And we need to be talking about that, and I think it's disgusting that um, there's so many people drifting along with a party that is not standing up for that. And um, that will be on their heads someday, I think, because we are a nation that wants to care for the vulnerable, both young and old. And I think that resonates deeply. And all you need to do is talk to Canadians about their, their loved ones dying behind glass during COVID to know how deeply felt that dignity of death is and what how ridiculous that, that was, those things that happened over COVID. So, um, that's the kind of conversations that we need to have. And it's not about polarization, it's actually about speaking truth. And I think there's a grassroots movement of conservatism in Canada that is desperately interested for these conversations to come to the forefront. Wow, well this is, this is uh, incredible news. Um, you've been so very gracious with your time. I just thank you so much. Uh, Grant, can I ask you just a couple follow-up questions to that that I'm sure is on the heart? you know, of, of people that um, want to see Canada's soul saved. So if you start another party, is that like dividing the right again? Um, also, like, uh, you know, Maxime Bernier has done some incredible uh, work in this regard. What are your thoughts on uh, the People's Party of Canada? Is there any chance there would be any kind of joining with that or at this time it sounds like you're pressing forward with you know with with your party well i think that if um there's a new party that starts to shape and define the right i think there's other forces that are live uh, we can't assume that the conservatives in canada have the monopoly of perspective because there's other forces in canada including western alienation um, so it's not just a homogenous issue of the right and the left. There's regional issues that percolate into this discussion. And so um, if I guess I have to ask the question and say, if the conserv if the Liberal Party can screw the, the country up so badly in the last seven years as a minority government, what could we actually do as a voting bloc if we aligned as a movement of people to steer it the right way? And no longer will I accept this lie of vote splitting because there hasn't really been any vote splitting in the last three elections 
and the Conservative Party have consistently lost. And maybe there needs to be electoral reform. I can't, I can't speak to whether there's cheating in this nation or not. But um, in terms of stewarding light, if you want to put it in that perspective, I don't know how you could justify your light being used inside of a party that's steering left as hard as it is. And it's now time to stand up for these issues and define it. And if it means that, that um, we are, we become, we have enough seats to be the neck that turns the head of the Conservative Party, then that's the same kind of uh, tension that the Liberal Party has had to use with the NDP. And I'm prepared for the sake of these issues to actually contend for the nation through that kind of a scenario. And I think that uh, the 53.3% of Canadians that hold themselves out to be Christians need to actually think about what we're talking about here and the values of the innocence of our children and what's going on in terms of human trafficking or this march towards normalizing pedophilia. And so this is a real conversation. And in that sense, I don't care about the splitting of the vote because there are much bigger issues and Canada is not getting to have the conversations that we need to have. In terms of the Yes, go ahead. Sorry, in terms of the PPC, um, I value the fact that there's been a there's been a counter response. Many conservative people, I think, have moved to the PPC because they saw the expression of freedom. They're the early adapters, if you will, in terms of the migration out of the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, I think there are a lot of people in the Conservative Party of Canada that don't see an alternative. I think one of the challenges for the for the PPC is that they have set themselves up as a libertarian party, which sounds great, and that's freedom, and you know we we all love that, especially during the COVID agenda, because we want those responses. But in, in in if we understand that this is actually about good and evil, and that this is a spiritual battle that we're in in relation to what is right in this country it's very difficult to build a political agenda out of a party that is predicated upon a libertarian framework because the framework for libertarianism is humanism which ultimately denies god and um, if we understand the significance of light you can hardly begin a conversation uh, talking about uh, political policy when you're denying the, the existence of the source of the light and so this is, a, this is a philosophical quandary for the People's Party of Canada, and it's one that I'm not prepared to uh, engage in unless there, there was a, a radical uh, re-engagement re with the framework for, um, I guess, the moral, physical, philosophical framework for that, for that party being designed. And so, um, so I, I believe Maxime Bernier is a good man. He stood for... Um, stood for freedom these last few years and I've observed that and I've seen that but this is this really is a spiritual battle in the country and I don't see that there's the equipment within that party to be engaging that and I think that anybody that understands light and darkness in the sense that you and I have been discussing it today will also see and perceive the deeper meaning of what I'm saying when I say that hmm. absolutely fascinating um, I just appreciate whoever's going to be standing in this country for what is right and I appreciate that you're willing to do that you you had a lot of support you raised three hundred thousand dollars that had to have come from a lot of different people because you know you can only give so much in the um, you know in our laws to a political party yeah. so so would you say that that base that's who you're going to re-engage to begin this party and to to rise up and and you want to you really want to fight for it that uh, that base has been engaged, is being re-engaged. There's people that are contacting me even as they hear about what's happening or they're, or they're reading the book and they're phoning me and they're saying we're canceling our membership of the Conservative Party of Canada. And I think that's the point really in relation to your question, Laura Lynn, about the People's Party of Canada is that there's a lot of disenfranchised people maybe that are, st are, are abused and disenfranchised within the Conservative Party that don't have anywhere to go and because they don't there's kind of a malaise about moving but when they're seeing an expression that actually resonates on these levels they're actually disconnecting and saying it's uh it's it's time to move because i i can no longer al allow the light that i steward to exist within the policy framework that i'm being advanced into because i'm a member of the conservative party and that's something that we we need to steward carefully in terms of how we steward that light.
Right. You know, one of the, uh, I mean, to show a, a small example of the difficulties we're facing and how I don't see the Conservative Party of Canada getting it is when Pierre Polyev recently had a picture taken with a guy that had a shirt that basically it was it was about heterosexual uh, relations or you know like family. Um, I forget what the shirt said, but Pierre. Heterosexual pride or something. Yeah. Oh, was it uh, heterosexual pride or something like that? And Pierre Polyev had to completely distance himself from that, you know, in the next yeah. little bit because <laughs> because. Because why? You know yeah. what I mean? We're actually really proud to be heterosexual Canadians who love God, love our country. And Pierre Polyev, he, he couldn't even stand with that simple, that simple t-shirt, you know? Well, and there's things like that that we're not going to apologize for. And I think that's part of the conversation we need to have. And uh, I think there's a resoluteness in the people now to see that we're going the wrong direction fast and the Conservatives are not a handbrake. They're actually steering in the same direction. So, um, and we're sneeze. helping them because yeah. we don't we're hold them accountable at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Abraham. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your um, epic book. I absolutely love it. Everybody pick it up. We can get it where? On Amazon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So look, thank you for the time. And um, it's been great to chat. And you know what, I, I hope these conversations continue across the country and that Can Canadians are waking up because there's more at stake here than just uh, removing Justin Trudeau. There's a there's a direction that is eroding our understanding of what Canada is about. And that's what people are feeling, right? That's why the convoy happened. Right? So yes, same thing. Same thing. And, you know, don't get me started on that because at the opening of the Conservative Convention recently, they're all celebrating the convoy and the truckers uh, as if they were supportive. Oh, yeah. The Conservative Party of Canada did nothing for us. We got pelted with rubber bullets because you went home when you're supposed to be having a meeting one night. Like, like they came at us. They told us to go home. They did not support us. They didn't come out and have meetings. They didn't, you know, do a big show. Hey, we'll meet with the, the leadership. What is the problem here? Let's discuss it. Come on. Now they're all like, yay for the, you know, for the truckers. Like, what a joke. I mean, that, an eye roll. Yeah, it is an eye roll. And I think that's why the agenda is to kind of pull in the populace to the Conservative Party. And that's the gaslighting that we're talking about because they absolutely did do nothing. In fact, that what they were doing uh, was curating their political careers because they didn't know which way the wind was going to blow. So now it's all over and it's like, oh, let's take you on board and see if we can make it, uh, see if we can bring you inside the big tent that, you know, is a mile wide and has tent pegs that are only an inch long. That's what they're doing. Anyway, thank you that for the time. A, thank you for the time. It's just been such a pleasure. Take care, Grant. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was super fun. Well, it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> um, Canada has some things to really think about, and I think that Grant S. Abraham is going to uh, give people an opportunity to think about that. And it's another voice that I think is highlighting the awakening that's happening. There's a lot of people that have awakened that the Conservative Party of Canada uh, does not represent us at all, and in fact, are using are using our conservative values. They placate us. They barely placate us, to be honest. Um, they want us in their party because we actually we're actually the largest faction, and they somehow do nothing for us. Just like that quote that I read of Mr. Pierre Polyev in two thousand six. Um, you know, where somehow the Conservative Party of Canada has managed to be the most liberal of all conservative parties in the world, uh, ushering in gay marriage, doing nothing for the unborn. Most countries, are you surprised, have protections for the little people, the little tiny cute people that deserve to be protected. And we all fight for it, and we're pro-life, and get behind the movies, you know, just unplanned, right? And and yet we we vote, we vote them in, time 
and time again. We gotta think about this, we really do. My website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, JT and I do this because we love it, because we believe that we have to have these kinds of discussions that you will not find anywhere else. Um, and actually, I, I do mean anywhere else will not have the discussion we just had today. You won't, because it's uh, too many people in alliance with such and such a party or such and such a group, and you, you just can't have the, the truth come out. And uh, one of the things that God did very painfully, I'll tell you why I can have these discussions, is because I lost a very important job. I lost my broadcast job, the highest paying job. I never thought I'd make that much money. I had, you know, an expense account and, and got all the clothing and everything that I wanted and lights, camera, action for a Christian organization. But because I stood for, you know, fighting this soji, fighting sexual orientation and gender identity, it was too hot for the Christians to handle. It was too hot for the church to handle. It's been too hot for a long time. And so what do we do? You know, we fight in the back rooms. We don't have really important discussions about what are the choices we actually have because this doesn't seem to be working. So it does look like Pierre Polyev's getting in. I mean, for what it's worth, uh, maybe Grant Abraham, uh, maybe uh, Maxime Bernier is going to, you know, rise up and bring something that is going to be a real option for you all to make a decision and, and make a choice and do something. But it looks like we're, we're, we're going to get somebody in, and it, it's probably not going to be Trudeau. His numbers are falling, thank God. But during that tenure, do we have the protection of life being brought to the forefront so that we can have laws made? Under a Conservative Party government, you will not have one law made. That is, that is the promise and the word. The leader of the party has given his word that he will not deal with that. I as a godly, righteous, loving person, cannot vote for that. I cannot. So when there are other options coming our way, I say that we should look at them. So we're here, JT and I, doing this every day because nobody tells us what to say. Nobody tells us who to have on the show. Nobody tells us what is uh, appropriate or too hot or, you know, or even too boring. To talk about we talk about it all and so we're very pleased that um that all of you have been here and we hope that you'll continue to support us and do all that you can do to support us thank you very much on that i want to close today by leaving you with um <sighs> a great message <laughs> Where in Jeremiah 5, verse 18, God gives a promise. He said, yet even in those days, declares the Lord, I will not destroy you completely. And when the people ask, why has the Lord our God done all of this to us? You will tell them, as you have forsaken me and served foreign gods in your own land, so now you will serve foreigners in a land not your own. I'll tell you what, the entire word of God uh, is predicated on this. If you follow God, God will be with you and he will bless your nation. If you do not follow him and you follow foreign gods, foreign leaders, he will just, he will not be able to bless that country. And in my opinion, and I have said this actually on the show before, in my opinion, um, we're under judgment and that judgment is because we have ignored the plight of the unborn and the blood of the unborn is on our hands we have chosen to vote in powers that will do nothing about it and we somehow think that that is you know doing god's work in the middle of this mess there's no accountability to our political system and I as a Christian as a person who literally wears my heart on my sleeve every single day for all of you I don't really know another way to do life but to be very very honest um, I sometimes get in trouble because I speak my mind to my compatriots to those that I walk with um, I love them 
but I sometimes speak my mind and and it's not easy because you know you can feel a sense of rejection or that you know it's too hot to handle and people will not want to associate with you I have only one way to go in my life and that is to speak the truth unapologetically and to live in the manner in which I believe my God is calling me to and I will not compromise and I will not bow to the idols of this of this earth and I will not pretend that things are not happening and I will I will not pretend that something's going to work that is not going to work we might get a change in regime here coming up Canada but we will not abate the judgment of God if we do not change the course of how we are devolving into evil and into the destruction of our nation our our religious beliefs those deep held convictions that we hold we have to vote with our convictions we have to vote for what we believe in not holding our noses we've done that for a long time Our nation is going to hell in a handbasket, not necessarily because of who's leading it, but because we have not chosen to rise up to speak and to live by what we believe. We have allowed the power of Egypt to corrupt us. We have depended on horses and chariots rather than God's perfect plan. This is where we're at and it looks like we'll have some choices coming up god bless everyone thanks for joining me for a another fascinating laurel in live god bless see you tomorrow you know it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us we feel that we have no choice because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.laurelin.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.